the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster we present Let the Bible Speak. It's good to have you join us today as we spend time around the Word of God, preaching Christ in all His fullness to men and women in all their need. Let me welcome you to our Let the Bible Speak program. We're thankful for you gathering with us, and we trust as you hear God's Word being preached, there will be something in that Word that touches your heart. As we gather here, we're, we're here to preach God's Word, we're here to sing. What a blessing it is to know Christ as our Savior. What a blessing it would be if you also would know Christ too. That is our prayer and desire of these programs, that you would know Christ. You will come to know what it is to have Christ in your life and know him as life eternal. We're going to seek the Lord in a word of prayer. We're going to gather before the Lord. We're going to pray. As we gather here, let's just still our hearts before God. Our gracious God and eternal loving Heavenly Father, we come afresh into thy holy presence again today. We thank thee for... O Lord, thy grace and for thy mercy. We thank thee, O God, that although we did not, not deserve mercy, the Bible says in wrath, remember mercy. 
We thank that we have mercy drops through the Lord Jesus Christ who came into the world to save sinners. O Lord, what a blessing it is to be redeemed through the precious blood. O Lord, we thank Thee, O God, that it is a blessed assurance that we can sing about today and that we can, t- we can tell about that Jesus is mine. Lord, I pray, O God, that Thou would help us as we gather here, as we lead these meetings, as we sing these, wor- sing these songs, and as we read Thy Word and preach. We pray, O God, that You'll help Thy, help thy servant as he brings Thy precious Word. Lord, we ask that Thou would touch us, that Thou would help us. The Bible says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Father, bear bear with us, O God. Undertake for all things, and may everything be said or done for thy honor and for thy glory. We leave ourselves before thee, Lord. Bless us now, we pray. As we read thy word, we pray in Jesus' name's sake. Amen. Amen. We're going to turn to the word of God, to the book of Psalm. Psalm number one, we're going to read these six verses together. Psalm number one. Let's read God's precious word. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Amen. We know the Lord will bless his reading for his precious name's sake. We're going to sing once more a a blessed hymn. It is the words of someday we'll stand before the judgment bar. And as we sing, may the Lord bless even these words to our hearts.
It's good to be here with you uh, tonight, and we're glad uh, to have uh, Reverend McRae. Uh, we're thankful to him for leading the service thus far and reading the Scriptures to us. The story is told of a young girl while struggling to choose what career path uh, to go down, asked her father the question, how do I decide? He replied by, by saying, have you made a, a list of pros and cons to help you? Have you ever considered the negatives and the positives of your possible choices? This first psalm, Psalm 1, falls naturally for us into two parts. We have before us a good way and a bad way, a wrong way and a right way, a negative way and a positive way. The first three verses here speak of the ways of the blessed, the ways of the happy, the ways of the righteous, in contrast with the second three verses or the concluding three verses of this Psalm 1, which speak of one in need of a blessing, or the ungodly, as we read there in our text. These are the people that are in desperate need to hear the good news of the gospel. It is not, it's only when the unsaved man, woman, or, or young person uh, comes to a, a knowledge of Christ that they will know what it is to be blessed, to be happy. In the psalm before us, we consider the godly uh, and the ungodly. It is important to note the psalmist doesn't present a, a comparison between two trees here. If you look at the text with me, you'll see this, such as an oak tree and a pine tree. Many today think there is little difference among Christians, as the word is used so loosely nowadays. People may not say it openly, but nonetheless, what they actually believe is that all ways lead eventually to heaven. Some say of an individual who has died, having never professed the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, things such as they're happy now, or they're looking down upon us from heaven. And yet the fact is, men, women, and young people tonight, that there's nothing could be further from the truth. The psalmist presents a difference before us here in this Psalm 1, in those that are saved and those which are lost. He does so in a way which presents a difference, as different as we would say as chalk and cheese. He presents a complete contrast. He speaks of a tree and he speaks of chaff, that well-watered tree which is bringing forth fruit in its season, which has been planted as well-rooted, and it's fruitful. And then we see him speak here in, in verse 3 and, and into verse 4 of the chaff. What does chaff mean? Well, it means dry husks of grain, or worthless matter, not, something that's fit for nothing, only for the rubbish. Psalm 1 and the verse 4, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away, and therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Today for our time together, I would just like us to focus for a few moments on the coming judgment. In the New Testament, in Hebrews 9 and the verse 27, we read these words, It is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. 
And if we look at our text there tonight in verse 5, we read these words, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. In the first place, I want you to see with me the certainty, the certainty of the judgment. Just as you are sure of, as sure as being sitting here in this pew before me today, there is the certainty of the judgment which is to come. Men and women, young people, are responsible beings. They're made in the image of God. They're not, as many would suggest, just animals. And when life comes to an end, then one just passes away and dies like a dog, and that's the end of it. There's much more to man than that. Rather, man is a responsible being, and they will be held accountable and will have to give an account for themselves on judgment day. Every man, woman, and young person, boy or girl, in this gathering today, regardless of age, one day will face judgment. They will stand trial and give account for their life's work. Sometimes even for those of us who are saved, it's a struggle to comprehend such a day. However, the certainty of the judgment is revealed throughout Scripture, not least in our text here today. What is the great objection then of the world against the coming judgment? If you believe in a God at all, they say, if you believe in a God of love, then judgment is something which is utterly incompatible with such a God and His love. However, this objection is based solely upon a wrong view of God and His love for sinners. What do we really know then about God tonight, about His person, about His work? What right has anyone to say that God, as a God of love, cannot at the same time be just and be righteous, and that He cannot judge? After all, none can say, stay His hand, or ask, what doest thou? What we know about God is that which He has revealed through His special revelation, the Word of God, about Himself. God is seen in nature and in His workings throughout history. God can be seen in things all around us, yes, but if we are to really to know God, we must read about Him where in His Word, the Bible. If you do not believe in the certainty of the judgment, or you cannot understand or believe a God of love will someday be your judge, I can tell you tonight with all confidence, it is because you're ignorant of what God in His Word actually reveals to us about Himself. Oh yes, it's a lovely thought, perhaps to come th go through our mind, a lovely thought to, to allow our time to, to think upon or to meditate upon, that a loving God would send us all to heaven. He'll send no one to hell. However, such a thought is not compatible at all in any way with the teaching of God's Word. We read of a, a man in Scripture who said to himself, Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Enjoy yourself. What judgment? And what did the Savior say that night, thou fool? This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Despite all the rejection of the modern world, that there is a judgment. If you read the Bible for yourself, it is plain for all to see the certainty of the judgment right back at the beginning in the, in the opening book of God's Word, in the opening book there of beginnings in Genesis. Adam and Eve were told if they broke the law, they would be removed from the garden. And what happened? Well, they ate the forbidden fruit and the outworkings of their sin. They were cast out of the garden. Is this not judgment? 
And that flaming sword and cherubim was placed there at the entrance to prevent them from re-entering into the garden. The message of the New Testament, flee from the wrath which is to come. And this is why the good news of the gospel, therefore, must be preached to warn men and women and young people, boys and girls, of the wrath which is to come. John the Baptist preached it. Christ preached it. The apostles preached it. And right down through successive generations has the gospel been preached to this present day. Why? Because of the certainty to warn people of the certainty of the judgment. We spoke of people's misunderstanding of how a God of love could also come in judgment. However, is the great love he has uh, for sinners not evident in the message of the gospel? And those very familiar words in John 3 and 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, the warning is clear. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Why is this warning extended? Because of the certainty of the coming judgment. And if we neglect God's way of salvation, there is no other way, folks. The story is told of a, a ship that sank, and all its occupants were now floating along on the sea. Most had, had life jackets, but there was one who had not. A strong swimmer offered his, his life jacket to the man who was obviously struggling to everyone around him, struggling to keep afloat a there in the cold and the bitter water, to take the offer of the life jacket from the strong swimmer was the only way of salvation. However, he refused the offer and soon disappeared into the ocean, never to be seen again. There was just one way of salvation, but he refused. There is the certainty of the judgment. There's only one way of salvation. Will you not come by faith to Christ even today? In Psalm 90 and the verse 10, we read, The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, it is soon cut off when we fly away. Surely today we have to confess life is short. Life's short. Many people yet they are found today living as if their life on earth is unending. It is eternal but yet our life is but a blink, or as a vapor even, as James reminds us, that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away here. Life on earth is short, and it is clearly seen throughout the Scriptures that there is certainty of the coming judgment. Will you be found numbered amongst the righteous? Those who can look forward to eternal bliss and glory, having their sins forgiven, resting on Christ alone, or will you perish and go out into hell in your ungodly state today? The coming judgment, the certainty of the judgment, the characteristics of the judgment. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. You see, living a life of sin on earth can produce a certain amount of judgment on earth or punishment here and now. Proverbs 13 and 15, familiar words. The way of the transgressors is hard. The sinner cannot continue to break God's law and go uncorrected. 
One might have to live with the fact that they have abused their own bodies. They may have lived in such a way that they have driven the, the one nearest and dearest to them away from them because of the sinful life in which they were living. You see, there is a judgment or a punishment even for sin in this present world. But our text goes beyond that. The central message of Scripture is of that judgment which will come. All judgments mentioned throughout Scripture are but a foreshadowing of that great day of judgment. When considering the characteristics of the coming judgment, it is important for us to note that everyone must stand before God in the judgment. The, the whole world, those who are, are dead, alive, those who have, have drowned, and, and so on. This, the book of Revelation clarifies this for us in Revelation 20, verses 12 and 13. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to the works. Revelation 20 and the verse 13, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man, according to their works. We're told that it is God's judgment. Here in verse 5 of Psalm 1, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Shall not the judge of all the earth then do right? God as the creator, sustainer of all things, the God-man, he is the judge, he is the only one who can be, as he is the only one who is just, he is the only one who is righteous. Some arrogant people say, what right has God to judge us? The answer is this, he is king of kings. He is Lord of lords. He can do as he pleases, and he will. God the Son came to earth and he became man. He, he was the Word made flesh and dwelt amongst us, tempted in all points as, as we are, and yet without sin. Oh, when we consider the characteristics of the coming judgment, we speak of a day when Christ will return and judge this world in righteousness. The psalmist highlights the fact that God is omniscient. The Lord knows all about us. There in, in verse 6, the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. There's nothing hidden from the view of the Lord. All things are naked and opened unto, unto the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. We may deceive one another in this world, but we will not deceive Him whom we will all have to do on that day. Another important note to think upon, even regarding the characteristics of the judgment, is this, the latter part of verse 5. Sinners, those words, sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The word for congregation is the same word used for the true church of God, God's own people. And what worrying words, how devastating then, to have sat amongst the godly all your life, those that are walking with Christ, attended church, a church that was faithful to the teaching of the doctrines of grace, sat under a minister who was ever warning you of your need of salvation, however, on that day, doomed to perish with the ungodly. 
Your church attendance associations will be of no benefit on that day. Tell me, are you ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ? See finally the consequences of the judgment. And paraphrasing these final two verses, we could say on that day the ungodly will not have a leg to stand on. The charges will be laid bare before them. The reality of how they spent their life will be presented. How they lived without even a thought for God. How they lived no longer with no love for God. Or as if there was no God at all. They loathed the very name of God. Tell me, do you fit that description this evening, dear sinner friend? You've no desire to live a life for God's glory. Only a desire to live for sin and for self. The summary of this Psalm 1, the opening three verses could be titled, The Happiness of the Godly. The final three, The Unhappiness of the Ungodly. The happiness of the godly is eternal, is above circumstances, but what a harrowing thought to realize, so too is the unhappiness of the ungodly. The consequences of the judgment are eternal. The ungodly lifestyle you lead, dear sinner, if not dealt with, will conclude in endless damnation and hell for all eternity. Therefore, you ought to get right with God. Will you not turn from your sin in repentance by faith, receive Him, even this night, trusting in the blood of Christ alone, receiving that assurance of salvation and sins forgiven? The ungodly are not so but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, sobering words, even contained within this psalm. What a contrast between the hope and blessing every child of God possesses, knowing sins forgiven, ready for heaven and for home. But what of the ungodly on their way to Christless eternity? Have mercy upon them even this day. Speak even with that voice that wakes the dead. For in Christ's name I'd ask it. Amen. Amen. Thank you for spending some time with us today around the Word of God. For further information, visit our website at ltbs.tv. We look forward to joining with you next time as we seek to let the Bible speak once again.